Welcome everyone to another episode of Cup of Nurses, episode 107. Today we're going to talk about what to do when your contract gets cut short and also ways to prepare yourself for a potential shortening of a contract. So the six things we want to go over with, with you guys is to know how long you want to stand in one location, don't sign a long-term lease, make sure you have a two-week grace period in your contract, look for jobs before your contract expires, be financially smart, and always have profiles with multiple agencies. So, you know, typical nursing contract is what, eight to 13 weeks yep. during, especially now during a pandemic, as things start to calm down, we see a lot of contracts getting canceled, right? So it puts nurses in a very weird situation because they're expected, expected to work the full eight to 13 weeks, right? And then you go into this contract with intentions of finishing all those weeks. And that's how you make your income is by working these, these contracts, right? So then you're kind of, kind of stuck in a situation where You've been at a job for X amount of weeks and now you're cut short. So now you're losing those those weeks of pay. And, and it sucks. It, it puts you kind of kind of puts you kind of down because you expect to work the 13 weeks, right? Yeah, as, as a travel nurse, it's always a you always have to adapt to things. So never think you're gonna work the full 13 weeks, just like we mentioned about the leases and things like that. You always want to be on your toes, mm-hmm. especially during what we ex- experienced a pandemic, and we have our own experience where you know, we ex, um, extended a contract for six months total. Mm-hmm. We want to stay another two more months because things just worked out for us coming back to Chicago summertime and there was no jobs. There was everybody's just getting cut short. Uh, we're getting short staffed, which sucks because you could get canceled every two weeks and I get paid for it. Mm-hmm. So that taps into our stipends, for example. And yeah, man, like COVID kind of disappeared and now we're now we had to kind of scramble. We had the same two week period, just what we talk about, in order to find another job. Right, travel nursing in general is pretty pretty stable, but obviously not as stable as like a staff job where you come to work every day or or never, and your job's always gonna be there. You know, with travel nursing contract, especially in a pandemic where hospitals temporarily needed more nurses, you know that's why you see people getting cut, contracts getting ended. But but typically this doesn't happen very often unless they accidentally overstaff or for some reason census is is low reason why you know we weren't able to renew our contract man and i didn't get cut short but we just didn't get the opportunity to renew yeah. for another time which was our was our plan so the, the first tip to offer you guys when you're signing a contract or you know if you're going to be cut short or you have that risk for getting cut short is know how long you want to stay in one location that's beneficial because your recruiter is going to know that that you're here for 13 weeks and you're going to want to stay here for another 13 weeks, right? So he could already, he or she could already start planning your next contract, right? If you want to work in LA for 13 weeks, let the recruiter know, hey, I'm going to take on this 13-week contract, but I really want to stay in LA for six months. That way your recruiter knows and he's already on top of the contracts that are in the LA area instead of kind of giving you different options. Hey, do you want to go maybe to San Diego? Do you want to go to San Fran? He's already going to know that, hey, this is where you want to stay for six months and these are the contracts that you're going to look for. This is also beneficial because if he's already looking at contracts for you ahead of time, if you get cut early, guess what? There might be another contract already ready for you to go. And instead of missing, let's say you get cut 10 weeks in, so instead of missing three weeks of your of your contract, guess what? Your recruiter was on top of things and instead of missing those three weeks, now you miss one week because he found you a contract with a, with a starting date where you happen to get cut. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what we did here in April is where, you know, we didn't extend and we didn't want to relocate because we have a lot of strings attached when it comes to podcasting, everything that we're doing. It was just not in our favor to look for a crib, right? So you tell the recruiter, hey, find me something in a 30-mile radius, and they'll find you all these jobs nearby. And you could apply to, you know, we applied to like three hospitals. 
And we could get you know back to the story, which will be the other point is just to have multiple agencies because in our situation, we couldn't find a contract with the same agency. Just It is what it is. And that's just one of those ter- things with travel nursing is just everything's up in the air. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it, though. I, I've been doing it for almost two years now, and I kind of like this feeling that everything's up in a day. It's like next month, you don't know what what's going to happen where you know change is going to be you know we, we're transitioning from day shift or i'm sorry from night shift to day shift and it's cool because it's just different right don't get us wrong travel nursing is, is very stable it's just people have to understand that during a pandemic you know there's shits in the wall so we don't really know what's going on people are coming in they're sick so the hospitals themselves don't know how much nurses do to staff so they're they they're rather overstaffed and understaffed, right? Because then there's a pandemic going on. Who knows what's going to happen? So this is why we see these contracts getting cut early. Yeah, and also, also perspective, Pete, is we work in the ICU, so there's already a fluctuation to begin with, right? Like when I was back home in Chicago, my I was sometimes getting called off or you know being on call or getting canceled, right? At Lagrange, I I, I worked at a less acute hospital, so if you work med surge tele as a travel nurse, you're not doing ICU. Those contracts are going to be a lot more stable because their numbers, their census doesn't fluctuate day to day. For us, we have 11 patients on nights. You freaking ship out four or five patients during the day. And now you got to freaking put a bunch of nurses on call because that's just the ICU life, you know? Yeah. yeah. And also, if you guys want to stay somewhere long term wise, don't only let your recruiter know that, but also speak to the manager. If you really like the hospital that you work in, you really like your unit, your manager, let them know. I had a time be like, be like, hey, you know, I signed this 13 week contract with you guys, but I really want to be here for, for X amount of months. Let them know because then they'll know, hey, Sarah's been here for 13 weeks. She's looking to, to renew. Let's renew her first instead of training new nurses, right? That way they already have a slot ready for you to go for another 13 weeks or another like 26 weeks or however much weeks you want to go. So the more people that know you want to stay at a place longer, the better it is for you. Because now the manager in the back of his head knows we don't need to fill three spots. All we really need to do is fill two because Sarah said that she wants to be here for six months instead of 13 weeks. Yeah, keep them in the loop mm-hmm. and then like be cool with your manager. Like even though your recruiter is the middleman, if something were to happen, befriend your manager. Get the get you know them their number if you need anything like on you know on the go or text them about little stuff that we always had issues with or aligning your schedule. Like mm-hmm. your manager. And then whoever makes a schedule, be their friend. Because yeah. <laughs> that's that's how like things like work out. For example, we have another contract that's you know coming up. We're gonna talk to the scheduler. We're gonna be like, hey, you know, Peter and I carpool, can we have somewhat a similar schedule? Because mm-hmm. if you don't tell them that, or you know, if you if you have a travel nursing duo, well then what if you have you know opposite schedules? That that kills us. That personally it sucks for us because we can't podcast or vlog in between that time, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are travel nursing with somebody also, you know, befriend those two people, manager, scheduler, just so your contract is that much better. Yeah. So point number two to have a less detrimental contract cancellation is don't sign a long-term lease. If, yeah, it's always cheaper if you could sign a six-month lease and an eight-month lease. But as a travel nursing, especially during the pandemic, if you're going into a contract, not sure if you're going to work the full 13 weeks, don't put yourself in a position where you're in, a, in one location for, for six months without a job. Right. So it, it might be a little bit cost efficient to sign a long term lease because it's going to come out cheaper long run. But in this case, if you're not sure where you're going to be in, in the next three months, two months, six months, eight months or whatever, any kind of time, it's better to just do like a three month, three month lease. Yeah, you're going to pay a little bit more, 
but it's less of a headache if you get canceled and you have to relocate somewhere else, right? Yeah, plus we, plus we know that nurse that she did the same thing. She extended, she signed a one-year lease and she's getting like eight months, um, not canceled, but her contract's not extending. So now she has eight months to fill a void. And I'm just like, so what are you going to do? Are you going to go find like a PDM job or like a staff job? She's like, I don't know. I'll figure it out when the time comes. Mm. So it's like, now you got a one month crunch. Like, what do you want to, do you want to cancel your lease and lose like three months of um, your down payment, whatever it is? I'm not sure how the contract works or you have to find a job. So yeah, just do month to month leasing, which is the best bet. Uh, a lot of nurses like Airbnb for that reason, because there's no commitment. Mm. Of course you pay more. And then there's that furnish finder route where you do month to month leasing the way we do. We, we sign a contract with our landlord month to month. And he's usually cool. He's pretty, I don't know, resilient, I want to say. Uh, he's very, very flexible. So we want to stay two more months. Hey, you know, we text him and he's cool with that. We sign a lease and we're kind of rolling with mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, don't do the long-term leasing because it might bite you in the ass. Yeah, if, if you're really committed and you're working in like a city like LA or, or a big city with a lot of hospitals around, you might get away with it. You know, you might get away with it even being canceled. You might be able to find a job. But if you're working at, like some random place in, in Utah or, or Wyoming where, you know, hospitals aren't as, as, as abundant as they are in the LA area, then might screw yourself over because if there's two or three hospitals, you know, nearby and, you know, only one of them does travel nursing, well, guess what? That, that's your only one option, right? And if that option goes to shit, well, how are you going to pay for stuff? So you can yeah. get away with, with, with things like that, you know, in the LA area, San Diego area where it's, where it's very, you know, uh, city-like and, and big city with a lot of hospitals, they could get away with. But either way, me and Matt never sign a long-term lease because we never know what's going to happen. Yep. And that and that's the beauty of travel nursing, just on the go. And that's why you, all your eggs have to be in the right basket with like everything when it comes to leasing, when it comes to your car, renting, what's in the contract, which, you know, goes into point number three is just like, make sure your contract has a two-week uh, two grace period. So there should be a clause that says if I'm going to have my job cut earlier, they have to give me at least a two-week notice. And I seen it again in her hospital where a nurse just pulled up her first day. She was on, she was first day orientation for two hours, and they tell her that you're, you know, you have a two-week period. We're gonna cut you short, mm -hmm. and that that sucks because yes, she signed the lease and everything else, and now you've got to like figure it out. Mm -hmm. So make sure it says there. You don't want to get canceled. On your way to um, on your way to work, for example, which I know another nurse, she was on her way to her contract in Arizona, and she was in New Mexico, and they told her to just don't come in anymore. And now you're screwed in a different state as you're trying to travel there, find a job. So that two weeks is going to really help you out. Yeah, that's really that's really crazy because not every hospital has that, not every contract has that. And we literally just found out about this, you know, during this contract, during a recent contract, because I never knew there was like you could have a two week grace period like that. Because usually I hear nurses stay like your friend that went to Arizona is literally she came in or she got a phone call and said, Hey, don't come into work. And you're like, you're literally screwed. So always push for this two week grace period. That way you can at least have the two weeks paid. That way you have some kind of income. Yeah. They might call you off for those two weeks, but at least you'll get like that on call pay or, or, you know, a little bit of your stipend or something like that instead of having nothing. Right. And then it also gives you two weeks to, to find a job in the meantime, instead of just like sitting in your car crying and saying, Hey, I'm unemployed. Yep, and I want to add in under that, make sure you have something in the contract that says you'll need to get canceled once every two weeks. So even though you have that two-week race period or they start canceling it because you don't, um, they don't need you for work, like they cancel me twice in a week before, at least you have this to back you up so at least you get paid your stipends from your agency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, 
Yeah, travel nursing is one of those gigs where it's nursing, but also have to be very, very self-resilient. Like you, you, you just have to know your, your way around things. So when it comes to the smallest things, finding a job, finding locations, paying for things, signing contracts like this and reading and fine print what it says. It teaches you a lot. I think it's anybody that's a staff nurse that wants to really expand their themselves and grow as a person. I think travel nursing is an awesome gig, mm. not only for just experiencing traveling, what that lifestyle is, because it's freaking fun, right? We vlog about it, but also learning some real adult skills like everything that we talk about now. Mm. Yeah, so point number four is look for other jobs before your contract ends. So usually like the midway point between your contract ending is usually is a good time to kind of start looking at, at other contracts because hospitals don't really know what they're going to need. They let their availability know in increments, right? So it's not like every day something new comes out, right? It's usually like every quarter or quarterly or every X amount of months where they tell you, hey, we need this much employees, right? It's not every day where they're going to hire people. So look for other jobs before contracting. Like I said, a good point is the midway point. Uh, that way, if you get, what you saying? I would say like three weeks, brother, or four because- To be left or- Yeah, three, four weeks before. Because, mm -hmm. you know, like for example, this contract, we did just two weeks. Yeah. We started finding stuff. Some of these people don't have jobs yet or- Remember, uh, Pasadena just opened up within that two weeks. So mm -hmm. I would I would say like three weeks, guys. Three weeks. Okay, yeah, yeah, three four weeks. Like start having that in mind. And it's also beneficial because you're already going to have something lined up for when your contract ends. And guess what? If you get you know canceled early, two weeks earlier, or or whenever, you already have a job lined up, and you might be able to take on that that job early. So yeah, always kind of look forward on the future because. You know, it's not a staff job where it's always going to be there. You're going to have to find yourself new jobs every X amount of weeks, X amount of months. Yeah, and then it all, it all comes down to job security. So you need something that's, you're, you you have to protect yourself, basically. It's your income. So don't, yeah, don't procrastinate when it comes to this stuff. You could procrastinate everything else in nursing school, whatever, doing papers the day before. But if you procrastinate looking for a contract and keeping up with your recruiter, calling them, applying to multiple jobs, that's another thing we recommend mm -hmm multiple jobs just apply because let's just say get screwed over you know in our situation which is point number six i don't want to talk about it is we applied to three jobs with that with one agency and it just didn't work out mm. so you always need a plan b right. yeah if, even like apply to contracts that you don't really like that much because there's gonna be a lot of contracts coming through or like even a pay cut remember like mm. there was a pay cut that's like a thousand dollars less a week we're just like uh it's kind of kind of you know we don't want to do that we want to get paid more but just in case. Yeah, just in case with the situation that we have, hey, it's only two weeks, let's not push it, right? Because then if you want to be very picky, oh, I want a, the highest paying one or the highest two paying ones, and then you don't apply for that third one, which could have been option C and you get screwed over, well, you might have to be relocating or going somewhere else. Yeah, right. So point number five is be financially smart. Just because you're getting paid nicely and you could afford the 4000 5000 a month on rent doesn't mean you should always take the bougie route because guess what? Your person that you're getting the lease from or you're renting from doesn't care if you have a job or not. They're, they want to get paid either way, right? You're going to have that bill due monthly no matter what. And if your contract gets gets cut short, what are you going to do if you have have a, a high rent or a high lease cost, right? You're kind of screwing yourself over because the money you could have been saving and the money that could have been saved and put towards rent while you're canceled you don't have that option now because you decide to go the, the high and mighty route and you got a nice crib and now you can't afford it. 
because you haven't saved up enough because you weren't prepared to have a contract cancellation. You know, so you you shouldn't always spend every dollar that you, that you get. Just because you make more money doesn't necessarily mean you have to spend more money. That's the um, that's the lifestyle, man. Right. Straight out of nursing school, made more money, spent more money. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's a vicious circle, you know. Yep. And now you know we're making travel nursing money and we're spending more money too. So don't try to get kind of trapped. Just be financially smart. You know, we're not saying don't spend money. You, you deserve to spend that money. It's, it's your money. But you know, instead of getting a crib that's gonna require four thousand dollars in monthly rent, get one for three thousand dollars. That way, you you're saving a thousand a month. And guess what? You know, if you're if you're in a contract for three months and you know you get caught three weeks early guess what you have a thousand dollars to work with still compared to zero yep and then also i remember two episodes ago we talked with the debt-free nurse about like an emergency fund mm. i'm not sure how many months she said we should have one saved up it was three three months okay so yeah definitely with travel nursing you want to have money saved up as well because with travel nursing you can make let's just say within those eight months you can make your one year salary as a staff nurse or within Let's just say maybe even half a year to even nine months, you can make your whole year salary. So more than likely, not everybody does this, but you want to take a break and you're going to go back home. You're going to chill there for a month or two. Some people do. We like to do that. Uh, maybe you want to go for a couple of weeks. You're not going to be making any money. And then when you sign a contract that first week, you're not going to be making a lot of money. You need money for your flights, for your transportation, for your security deposit, for your first month's rent like that all that shit is going to add up there's a lot of front loading when it comes to starting a contract so you want to have money set aside you don't want to be that person it's kind of funny because that shit happened to me like when i took a three-month break from travel nursing um i thought i had all my you know eggs in the right basket and then like we're leaving and i'm like shit mom let me borrow a grand or two because i need to ship my car out mm. i'll pay you back once i get my check you know so of course family's amazing to help you out but just be smart, set some money aside because with travel nursing, the bills, the financial debt, the financial burden does add up really quick when it comes to the beginning. Right. Especially if you if you want to take those months off. Yeah, definitely a three-month emergency fund. That's probably the best thing you, you could do as, as a nurse, um, as, especially as a travel nurse. Because it's like, it's like we said, if you get canceled, guess what? You have that three-month reserve. And you're going to, you're not going to use it all up because you're going to find a month or you're going to find a job within those three months. You don't need... It doesn't take months to find a job. It takes no. a couple of weeks. But still, that couple of weeks does put you back. Because if you're making, let's say, 3K a, a, a week, and it's oh, simple numbers, 2K a week, it's always easier to do, do evens and odds, you know? So if you're making 2K a week, and you get ca canceled three weeks left your contract, you're losing 6K, yep. right? 6K, that's, that's like quite a bit of money. And, you know, 6K might not seem that much to some people, but comparing it to your three-month budget, you're going to have more than 6K in your three-month budget. So whatever you're gonna need to cover, it's gonna be covered without you stressing over what the hell am I gonna do? Call my parents, hey, can you guys quick pay me this or start an OnlyFans account because now you're trying to find find a job, you know? But you yep. should, so all you theoretically all you need is like maybe a month's worth. You'll find a job within a month. Usually takes like two weeks. Depends on how how picky how picky you are. But still, always have a three month reserve because God forbid you never know what what, what could happen. Yeah, and I want to say that like I feel like financial stress sucks the most, dude. Like, I feel like I don't worry about it as much because we're just, you know, making money and we're pretty smart. Mm. But if you're making like low money or you're kind of like, you know, running on E, you're really burning the fumes and you have to worry about week to week, month to month about what's happening and you have to be stingy or you can't go out because of this. That's a shitty feeling, man. So, you, yeah, just like we always say, just be financially smart just so you don't put yourself in that hole because... Sometimes I feel like financial stress is worse than from all the other stresses. Yeah, if you're a nurse and you're single, 
there's no reason why you should be living paycheck to paycheck. Like if you're single and you're making a nurse salary, staff, travel, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't be living month to month, especially if you're single. If you have a family, of course, you do. It's, it's a completely different thing. You, you, have, you have kids, that, that's, a, that's, a big, that's a big pay. It's, it's a big burden yeah. on you financially, right? But if you're single and nursing, there's no reason why. It's, if you're living month to month, paycheck to paycheck as a, as a nurse, that means you're spending way too much fucking money. Yep. And, like, and like, ease that down. Yeah, and like if you have a lot of debt when it comes to just buying, like you know, I understand you, you finish you know nursing school, you want to buy a freaking nice car, whatever. Okay, you now you have a car note, and now you have a bunch of like debt, let's just say from school. Just like we always say, pay that shit off right away, man. There's no point to be paying money to people that you don't even know, and you're never gonna get that back. Like if you sometimes if you do the equation, for example, like paying a mortgage, I think I did the uh, the math once. It was like two dollars and forty three cents a day. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's interest for my mortgage that it's I'm like never going to get. That adds up to like, what, 150 bucks uh, a month. And then now, now you have yearly, like that shit adds up. So focus on paying off that debt. Like, let's just say if you, if you were to live um, month to month or week to week to paycheck to paycheck, well then hustle it out, make a financial goal and pay that off as quickly as possible, just enough to worry about it. Then you could enjoy life a lot more you have that extra 500 bucks for whatever your heart desires every single month whether it's you know having a splurge with you know your girlfriend having a dinner with your boyfriend or putting that money away for something like a home or a wedding ring i don't know what people save nowadays yeah. for man some playstation 5 that's what i would put money for <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah if you guys are, are, are in depth and trying to figure out how to get out of it or need help with, with savings or any kind of financial talk we talk with with, with ali Grotlin on episode 105 you guys could scroll down scroll back into it and she talks a lot about what what that you should pay up first if you have multiple credit cards and school loans and a mortgage and a car payment she tells you which ones you should pay off first and how to save how to do a 401k the Roth 401k and, and all that stuff she does a, a really good job of, of telling you how to be financially savvy with your with your income because like Matt said having financial stress is probably one of the worst stresses in, in the world because you can't control it and the more you go in debt and the more time you take to pay it off, you know, that debt compounds. Yep. You know, longer you take to pay it off, the more you got to pay off in the long run. So it's a difficult thing, difficult situation to, to be in. And school doesn't teach you anything. Like nursing school, all they say is, yeah, don't worry about it. Take out the school loan, finish school. You'll be fine to become a nurse. You'll figure it out later. Yeah, you'll figure it out later. But no one's going to help you figure it out later. You got to figure this out yourself. Yeah, especially right? when you're 18 and 17 and discover sending you freaking credit cards to sign up for because you're a student, save some money. And like, you don't understand that, yeah, it's your, you have zero interest the first year, but you stack up that credit card to forget about this shit. Now you got like 20% APR, dude, just creeping up. Right, you spend 300 bucks and all you see is, oh, I'm going to pay $25. Okay, yeah, I'll pay $25. Yeah, you got to pay $25, but you spent 300, which the other 225 is going to get interest put on it like people don't know that like a lot of people that i talked to when I, was, when I was younger and i asked them how they pay it out pay off their, their credit card like oh i just paid uh, the minimum dude like, damn you paid a minimum like it's a good idea to treat your credit card as a debit card and pay everything in full every month yeah plus you get those points it blows yeah. my mind like you know people go to school and we're so you know you're educated by being a nurse and like the human body but dude they don't teach us how to balance a checkbook signing checks or financial freedom not including the whole mindfulness perspective so it's right. like dude it's like does school prepare you for success? <laughs> yep. And now it's what's been crazy. Your society has moved to a online subscription uh, payment base. Yeah, so everything. you don't even see that bill coming in. The only bills I have coming in at home are my are my ComEd bill, my electric bill. 
because I just don't want to transition over to to it being automated. And then you lose lose like grasp on how much you're actually spending because you don't see the bills come in in the mail. All you just see is it getting taken off your bank account, right? Yeah. And then you fall into that trap because it's and then it's harder for you to unsubscribe to those things because one, it's it's always hard to unsubscribe to things because it's always on a bottom or in settings. You, it's always so hard to find an unsubscribe button or you know or, or cancellation button, and it's almost invisible because it just gets taxed every time. And you know, you don't always look at your financials every week or every month. Right. I, I try to, but sometimes I, I miss it for a couple months. I'm just like, damn, I'm, spend, I'm spending a lot of money. And you don't even know where you're spending this money on it because it's just automated. Every month you get taken out, taken out, taken out. And then you, you lose control of what you're actually spending on. Like our Hulu account. We still haven't canceled that shit. We they keep do, forgetting yeah. about it. We don't watch Hulu. And yeah, we have a Hulu account. We subscribed for like a 14-day try to watch Rick and Morty like three months ago. Mm-hmm. And now they made it like what, over $21 off us yeah. because we just got too lazy to cancel on that 14-day period. Yeah, we should get that value back and just binge watch Rick and Morty for the next like 16 hours. <laughs> just to get that value and then cancel it. I know. We, we totally can, man. <laughs> All right. The last point for y'all is number six is going to be work with multiple agencies. We touched upon it a little bit before. But it's always good to have different profiles with different agencies, especially when you get canceled. This comes, this becomes beneficial, especially when you get canceled, because you already have those profiles established. So you don't gotta submit your BLS, your ACLS, your checklist. resume, your checklist. So you already have an established profile. Yeah, you might have to do exams for other hospitals, but you already have a profile, so you won't have to look back at your paperwork. Because that's always a pain in the ass to, to look back and what about social security card? I need to send a copy of my driver's license. It's a pain, yes. And, and it takes time and just delays the whole process. So it's always good to have your hand in all, all like a multiple agencies because what I said before, and also different agencies have different job opportunities and they have different contracts with different hospitals and one might be able to find you a job quicker than, than the next. Exactly. And plus, like, just like you mentioned, some agencies have different plugs, correct? So like some some um, perfect examples, you know, what happened to us a couple weeks ago is we couldn't find a job with our agents to apply to three hospitals. We took all the steps, right? Couldn't find anything. We call another person that has an agency. Oh, it turns out he has contracts that are in the LA area because that's what we needed. And our other recruiter was like, hey, I think you guys should start looking for outside of LA contracts. So we hit up a plug. He has the in because he knows directly the staffing agency in that hospital. Made a couple phone calls within 48 hours, we get a job. So it's it's always good to have multiple agencies. Like you have to be for your own best interest, you know, like don't feel like you crossed your recruiter or something like that, or you like backstabbed them. That, no, that's not how it works because at the end of the day, you're the one that's in a different state, completely alone and has to figure shit out. So what do you do? You just gotta be your own lone wolf, have multiple agencies and just get the process done. So tell your recruiter, hey, by the way, you know, I don't have any jobs or if there's no jobs, I'm going to reach out to another recruiter. Be transparent about it. They can't do anything for it. And, you know, if they get butthurt about that, swerve, baby. Yeah. Swerve. Yeah. Stop being soft. Just tell them that. <laughs> yeah, they, they work for you. A lot of nurses feel like they always have to go with the same recruiter or, or the same agency. You know, that's ideal because you want to develop that trust, develop that bond. But sometimes it doesn't work out, right? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you, you got to, you know go left instead of going right and that's just how how things are because ultimately if you're not satisfied with your job and you're just not satisfied with your contract that's on you your the agent's gonna get get paid no matter what your travel recruiter is gonna get paid no matter what and of course they want they want to market themselves as like the best the best um you know broker or the best travel nurse nurse agent but if they're not meeting meeting your needs then somebody's gonna have to temporarily pick somebody new you could go back to them there's nothing wrong with that but they'll understand that, hey, you know, you need a job 
and your job revolves around contracts. Same way their job revolves around you getting their contract, yeah. right? I thought of a good example. So let's just say, because technically a recruiter is a salesperson, right? They're just trying to find jobs and sell contracts to you. It's just like going to the dealership, right? You you went to Audi and you go to BMW. You really Just because you want to go with the BMW doesn't mean that you backstab the Audi salesman, right? What if he's trying to make five grand off you more than the other guy? Well, you're going to go with the other guy. No offense to this person, right? All of a sudden, when we put like money signs to things, we feel less bad because you're trying to get the better deal. This is the same thing. You're just trying to get the best deal you can and purchase the best contract essentially and sign it and work, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like with the same uh, car salesman stuff is you like BMW because of performance, but you like Audi because of the interior. You know, your last car was was performance-based, so now you're thinking about settling for the more of the interior kind of base, you know? Our, our needs change over time. Yep. And, you know, the recruiter isn't always going to be able to give you 100% what you want. And if you don't want to settle, then you don't have to settle. You know, it's, there's no hate in the industry. He's not gonna, he's not gonna dislike you. He's just not gonna be working with you for the next 13 weeks. And then maybe next time he's going to find you a better contract or he's still gonna have you in mind. That's the cool thing about developing that bond, that relationship with a recruiter. You might not go with them every time, but if you go with them majority over the time, they're still going to pitch you better contracts. They're still going to pitch you your needs because you develop that 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 bond with them in a relationship, and they kind of know what you're looking for. Right. So they're always going to be the best first person to go to because you've been with them for six months, right? You've been with them for eight months, for a year, two years. So they they already know you on a personal level and your needs. It, and then use the other agencies as, as as backups. Completely okay with that. Yeah, it's like Donna, for example, right? It's like we we um we filled out an application to Arias. And we never took a job with them, but she always keeps us in mind. She knows when our contracts are about to be up because, you know, you could predict that. And she always sends us emails about rates. Mm -hmm. So even though we never went with her, she's still there letting us know, hey, I got these jobs. And there's nothing wrong with having, you know, different agencies to choose from. So don't feel bad because uh, the, way I, the way I see travel nursing is you are your own boss. So just pave your own way, you know. Mm -hmm. And... If you guys need help finding a job or a recruiter, hit up Cup of Nurses on Instagram or email us at info, com, and we could help you guys get an awesome recruiter if you're interested in travel nursing. Yep. All right. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and see you all for the next episode. Peace.